Amen. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, really blessed by. Those words ain't kind, they're true. <laughs> Thank you for those true words. Amen. Um, really blessed by uh, Matt, uh, his testimony about the cave. Um, I've also been in a cave before, and oftentimes fear of going to the cave so God can refine us will lead us to a ditch. Um, and, you know, God, God is trying to protect us. And if we're afraid of rejection and we're afraid of punishment, you know, fear of rejection will cause us to not be vulnerable um, so that we can be loved. Our fear of punishment will cause you to hide versus God trying to cover you. So it's real important to, to be sensitive to the seasons that God is calling you. We have to be sensitive, seasoned saints. Amen. Say that with me. Say sensitive, seasoned saints. Um, but I really appreciate Eric. Uh, he definitely has a father's heart. Um, and, and he's been a mentor to, to me and, and our young adult ministry, really sharing all his resources and his time. And, and we, we love him dearly. So give him a, give him a round of applause. I mean, give him a round of applause for his outfit, too. He's looking good. <laughs> 50 is the new 30, amen? Um, so the assignment I have to talk to you guys today about is dealing with the spirit of fear. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because the scripture that Matt talked about um, with Elijah and, and Jezebel and all those different things, that, that was in my original notes, but I think God told me to take it out so that he can mention, mention that in his uh, testimony. But I want to deal with fear um, because Satan has sold us to lie, or some of us to lie, that it's okay to have a little fear. Um, in all actuality, God doesn't want us to have any fear, none at all. Fear is not a part of our spiritual heritage as Christians. And it's been proven throughout history that humanity does not operate on an optimal level when dealing with fear. Amen. In the same way faith activates God in his angelic power, fear can activate Satan in his demonic power. And if we don't understand that as Christians, we are to be led and driven by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God's love toward us. That God is not trying to punish us. He's trying to cover us. That God is not trying to, to discipline us. He's just trying to chastise, correct course. And if we don't understand that everything that God tells us to do is out of love, will fall into the curiosity of the forbidden and pursue something that God doesn't want us to pursue. Amen. Um, if you don't trust that when God says don't do this and don't do that, the curiosity of what we shouldn't do will we'll allow ourselves to be indulged into that. And we'll open the door from, for some, some satanic and diabolical assignments. Amen. So um, what I want us to do first is go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Um, and... It's, it's extremely important that uh, if we continue to fear, because one of the biggest fears that we have is that God won't do what he said he can do. Amen. About his promises, about his love, about those things that he whispered to us in the cave. We don't believe that he can do it. So sometimes we step out the cave prematurely. You might be in a cave of singleness, but you're trying to step out of that cave and get into a relationship. You might be in a cave of God working on your humility, but you still keep not passing those opportunities to not be prideful. Whatever that cave may be in, that cave is for your growth because you have to go to the process to get to the promise. And oftentimes you want to pursue the promises of God without going through a process that God has for us to go to to get to the promise. Amen. So in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, 
Let's read this together on the count of three. One, two, three. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Tell your neighbor, say, no fear here. So you mean to say, uh, Brother Damien, we can't even have traces of fear. We can't even have a little fear. God wants us to have no fear. Tell your neighbor, say, no fear. So before we explore how to overcome fear and where fear came from, and and I want to give you visual images of how when we operate in fear, we are actually activating a law, and that law is called the law of sin and death. Everyone say the law of sin and death. But faith in Christ has freed us from the law of sin and death. That's why it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ. But you can't operate in both laws and expect to, to get the promises of God. Amen? So when you, when you look at this graph right here, not yet, not yet. We're showing it a little too premature. <laughs> so just, just cross it out your mind. Go with me first to Genesis 3. Cross it out your mind. Um, I, want, I want us to get to the origin of fear. Um, because if we can understand the origin, we can understand how faith came about. So in Genesis 3, we're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to 10. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you should not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Next verse. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took up its fruit, ate, She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Everyone say open. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife did what? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Stay with me. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Everyone say, I was afraid. We see fear came in when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's voice. When they began to not continue to stay in that garden out of faith, that garden was a place of glory connection. It was heaven's resources coming to earth But it was sustained through Adam and Eve's faith. And Satan, which cannot create anything, he can only pervert. So in order to bring a new law of sin and death, he had to pervert the faith of Adam. And Adam's faith, which was once faith, got perverted to fear the moment he hearkened to the wrong voice. So fear came into humanity when Adam and Eve listened to the wrong voice. Tell your neighbor you can't listen to the wrong voice. And you see that God, in later verse, verse 21, as they hid themselves out of fear, we see that later in the verse, verse 21, God uh, sacrificed some, some tunics and clothed them because what does God want to do? He doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to shame us and he doesn't want us to hide. He wants to clothe us. Tell your neighbor he wants to clothe you. He wants to cover you. He wants to cover you. Amen. 
That's why I tell ladies who are dating, it don't matter if he loves you, but can that man cover you? Can he, can he, can he protect you? Can he, can he nourish you in the things of God? Can he lead you? Can he point you to Jesus? Amen. So today I want to deal with how to overcome fear, but I want to um, bring to you that what was once faith became fear because a, a law got perverted. The law of life in Christ or the law in being obedience to God, it opened the door out of their disobedience to enter a new law, and that law is the law of sin and death. So what was once Adam's faith became fear, and Satan at this moment became the illeg illegitimate stepfather of humanity. Amen? And the Bible calls him the prince of this world. The prince of this world. Now go to my graph real quick for me. What do I mean how it got perverted? So when they hearken to fear, faith began to be perverted to fear. Life and righteousness turned to sin and death. Health our healing and divine health turned to sickness and disease. Prosperity and poverty, our prosperity turned to poverty. The peace of God turned to worry and anxiety. Love turned to hate. Angelic powers turned to demons. So if you go with me to Romans 8, the Bible says the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So every decision we make, every choice we pursue, every act, we have to understand that is it governed by faith? Is it governed by the law of the spirit of life in Christ or is it governed by fear? Everyone say fear. Because if we allow fear to motivate us, to push us, whether you know it or not, you're turning on a law that may be activating certain things in your life and you might be questioning God, why am I having this? Why am I experiencing this? Because you have to turn one law off and turn another law on. Amen. Everyone say faith, faith in Christ. So many people are driven by fear, but trying to find love. Driven by fear, driven by something that they're not, not aware of and trying to pursue something that they know nothing of. When we are driven by fear, but trying to chase love, we're canceling a law out. Because you can't be driven by one law and try to chase a law that's inver in, in, in inverted, that's reciprocal. Because reciprocal doesn't just necessarily mean corresponding. It also can mean inverted. Like north is a reciprocal of south. East is a reciprocal of west. So if you're driven by fear and you're making choices based on fear, but you're trying to pursue love and receive God's best, you're canceling out God's best for you because to receive love, you have to be driven by love. And to be driven by love, you have to be driven by the law of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. You guys with me? So it's important to know this. Let, let's go to Romans 8 and 2. I want us to read it together so you guys can be on one accord with me. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. So faith, everyone say faith. So faith in Jesus, faith in his finished work, meaning there's something God once done on earth or something God has already prearranged for you, but it's faith in him that releases that what he already has prearranged for you. So when we have faith in the, uh, in the finished work of Christ, we activate what God has purchased for us, and we bring that into our life. Amen? But when we make choices out of fear, we're deactivating that law of life in Christ to receive the things that God has for us. 
And this is why Satan wants us to be driven by fear. And the thing about fear, fear of shame, fear of punishment, fear of rejection, it causes you to hide from the presence of God. And the presence of God is the only thing that can heal us. And when we don't know how to get covering for God or from God, we'll try to find covering from our lusts. We'll find covering from those momentary pleasures that make us feel good in the moment, but still leaves our soul and, and our, uh, our inside still feeling yucky. Amen? So, I said it before, many people are chasing something they don't understand and driven by something that they're not aware of. If you don't understand how to activate the law of faith in Christ then you will by default keep that law of sin and death, which is coming from fear. By show of hands, who, who struggles with fear sometimes? I think all our hands should be up. Amen, all our hands should be up. So in, in knowing that we all struggle with fear, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? But check this out. In order to overcome fear, we have to hear more faith. And the Bible didn't say faith comes by having heard, meaning from yesterday's word. It says faith comes by hearing, meaning it's progressive. I have to stay in the presence of God. I have to come to community. I have to be vulnerable. I have to continue to pursue uh, church. I have to pursue God. I have to pursue all the different things, all the graces God provided for me so I can drive the fear out of my life. Amen. We have to faith our way out of fear, not fear our way into faith. Faith drives fear out. Faith in the finished work. Faith in the resurrection power. Faith in God's love. Faith in the grace that he's provided for us. Amen? Because if we do not pursue this thing called faith in God, then fear comes by hearing the lies and the lies of Satan and the lies of the world. And if you're spending more time with things that are not uh, nourishing your faith, then your fear will grow. If you fear you'll never get married, and you're always watching movies when people never get married. <laughs> and you're always hanging around people who are not married. And you don't renew your mind to the promises of God that, uh, uh, that if you keep yourself from non-honorable non things, he'll use you for honorable purposes. If you don't renew your mind that, that you have everything that you need in Christ, the fear of not being married will now become a stronghold in your life. And when we have that fear of never not having something or fear of missing out of something, we often pursue the forbidden. Has anybody ever went into a, a clothing store and they was like, 50% off, you better get it now or you're going to miss out on the sale? Right? Fear of missing out of the sale caused you to do what? Spend a lot of money. <laughs> do a lot of things that normally if, 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 if it wasn't a fear-based choice there, you might have pursued a better option, which is maybe catch the date at, at another date, amen? Because most sales, they tell you that this is the last day, and then like two weeks later, that's, that sale comes back. <laughs> they caught me the other day. I went to the van store and Express. It was like 40% off, and it was like 40% off everything. It won't be back. And then I came back two weeks later, and it was still there. Matter of fact, it went to 50%. <laughs> So Satan is always trying to bluff you into making a decision out of fear that God has already given to you if you just activate it by faith. I'm going to say that again. Satan is always trying to bluff you into making a decision out of fear that God has already purchased it for you if you just step out on faith. 
And that faith will be challenged. That faith will go through a, a testing period. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations for the proving of your faith. You're going through a proving process because once you access that thing that you're trying to have faith on, then once you get it, it's never going to take that long anymore because you've purchased that which you were believing for through faith. Amen? You guys with me? So go with me to Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17, Romans 5.17. So the force we know, the force we know in this earth as fear was originally Adam's faith. When Adam bowed his knees to Satan, he put in motion the law of sin and death. Until then, Adam or Eve did not know how to die. Fear or death hadn't, or excuse me, it, it, it was not received into their spirit. They didn't even know how to die. They didn't even know what evil was. They didn't know what fear was. Fear was introduced when they listened to the wrong voice. Fear often grows when you continue to hear that wrong voice of God not going to be able to keep that promise. And the Bible says perfect love cast out fear because fear brings torment. Fear brings anxiety. It brings worrying. It brings all kind of uh, uh, stresses. But we have to renew our mind to the promises of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. Do you spend more time tweeting Facebook or tweeting or Facebooking passages than you do spending time with the passages that you're tweeting? I'm going to say that again. Do you spend more time tweeting and Facebooking passages than you do spending time with the passages that you're trying to Facebook and tweet? We're good at posting things, tweeting things, but then we go to a season where God is like, now I'm going to put you through the fire to see what you post and what you tweet. You're living it. And because we didn't renew ourselves in the things that we're tweeting and posting, we didn't purchase that. We didn't go through the, the temptation, the proving time to prove that which we were saying we believed in, did we truly believe in. Fear kept in. Fear crept in. Amen. You guys with me? So Romans 8, 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life, the life that God had for you. So where Adam's disobedience brought death, Christ's obedience brought life. But the only way to follow Christ is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit through faith. When the last time you said good morning, Holy Spirit? When the last time you just sat down in reflection and meditation and just salah or selah? <laughs> you just were quiet. Allowing God to bring downloads and, and speak to you. Sometimes one word in the presence of God is better than 20 words or 20,000 words from you. Being still in the presence of God can produce the faith that you need. Amen. So if God doesn't want us to fear, this is the question I ask. Why does he tell us to fear him? Right. 
if fear was never part of, of humanity's or Christian spiritual heritage, why does God tell us to fear him? Because in Matthew 10, 28, God says, don't fear men who can kill the body or yada, 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 but fear me who can kill your body and destroy your soul. So what is God saying? What does he mean when he tell us to fear him but not fear anybody else? Why is it okay to fear God? but not fear anything else. Why would God tell us to fear if he didn't give us a spirit of fear? I'm glad you asked. Because the fear that God is talking about is a reverential fear. Tell your neighbor, say reverential. That reverential fear brings preferential treatment. Amen. <laughs> that reverential fear, what does that mean? What does it mean to fear God? It's so simple. Tell your neighbor, it's super simple. It means to hate what God hates and love what God's love. Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Go with me to Proverbs 8 and 13. And then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 after that. God wants us to fear him. And there's a reason why he wants us to fear him, and I'm going to get to that. But to fear God means, and that word hate is an exaggerated word to mean like less. Some things he really mean hate. But some things it means to, to like less. So he wants us to hate sin. He wants us to hate certain things and love what he loves. That's what it means to uh, have a reverential fear from God. So Proverbs 8.13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to what? Hate evil, pride, and arrogance. In the evil way, in the perverse mouth, I hate. Go with me to Ecclesiastes 12.13. And, and, and when we read Ecclesiastics, what we have to understand, it's written by, I would say, the second wisest man because Eric Waterbury is the first wisest man. <laughs> I'm just playing. Jesus is. Um, Solomon wrote this book later in his life to spare a future generation of the suffering and misery of seeking after foolish and meaningless things. So this is why, look what he summed up. Out of all the books in Ecclesiastic, how he talked about he pursued this. This was meaningless. He pursued that. That was meaningless. The wisest man on earth before Jesus, this was his conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. You want your life to be simple? Begin to, de begin to define or discern what is God not like and what is God do like, if that's proper English. <laughs> what does he hate and what does he love? If you pursue the things that God loves and you separate yourself from things that God doesn't love, you'll see your faith growing because you're being renewed in the things that God wants you to be renewed in. Amen? And in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, I want y'all to go here because it's important for us to pursue a reverential fear of God why? Because there's something God wants us to perfect. Because if we don't perfect this, we can't see his redemptive work. We can't see the manifestation. It says, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. And everyone say perfecting. Holiness in the fear of God. Everyone say holiness. Our generation don't like that word. Because <laughs> we think holiness has to do with the way we dress. We think holiness has to do with the way we look. But guess what? It's another simple phrase. Holiness is one mind with Christ. 
It's having one mind with the Lord. That's what holiness is. Holiness is, it's not I have to take my hat off in the presence of mighty preachers. Holiness is not I have to wear a suit because a bunch of other holy people is wearing suits. No, holiness is having the same mind of Jesus Christ because God wants us to perfect holiness because Scripture says without holiness, no one can what? See the Lord. You're trying to see God, but you're not perfecting holiness. You're trying to perfect holiness, but you don't hate what God hates and you don't love what God loves. So if you want to see God, you got to perfect holiness. And if you want to perfect holiness, you got to reject what God rejects and you got to accept what God accepts. If we hate what God hates, love what God loves, we're perfecting holiness in our life. And as we're perfecting holiness in our life, we'll begin to see manifestations in our life. Glory be to God. That's some good news right there. We will begin to see the presence of God move in our life. God will begin to reveal secret things because he says the secret things belong to him, but the revealed things belong to man. God can't reveal the things that are secret for you, not hidden from you, but hidden for you. Praise be to God. I like that one. I'm going to do a little baby jump on that one. (laughs) Check this out. Everyone say secrets. And when God says secrets, he's not talking about the secrets we know. He's talking about mysteries. Mysteries are not hitting from you. They're hitting for you. That's so good to know. The mystery of who I'm supposed to marry, the mystery of my purpose, the mystery of what church I should be at, the mystery of what I should do with my life. God is saying, I didn't hide them from you. I hid them for you. But the moment you begin to perfect holiness, you'll see those mysteries to what I called you to. Check this out. Go with me to Psalms 25, 14. Many people are afraid that they are missing out on something, so they try to achieve the desires of God without delighting in God. Many people are afraid that they're going to miss out on something, so they try to achieve the promises of God or the desires of God without delighting in God. You can't get what the Bible says, uh, uh, the desires of your heart you'll have, but we always miss the delight in his presence. We don't delight in his presence just for an instant fix. We delight in his presence for a lasting holiness so we can always see him. So we can see him when we're struggling in our marriage. So we can see him when we're struggling in addiction. So we can see him when we're struggling in the season of our life. Because we're always perfecting holiness. We'll always see the redemptive power of God move. Because there's nothing more rewarding when you're going through a situation you don't know why you're going through. But you can still see God. You know he's still in the cave whispering to you. That comes from perfecting holiness. Which comes from hating what God hates and love what God loves. See, God doesn't want us to have fear. He wants us to respect things but not fear things. The only thing he wants us to fear is him. And he wants us to fear him, which is a reverential fear, so he can perfect his work in us so we can get to the mysteries of what he's called us to. Because if he didn't hide them, then Satan can have access to them. But Satan was kicked out of the presence of God, so therefore we have access to the very presence of God where he can't get to so we can, we can get those things that were hitting for us predestined, pre-planned for us, and we can manifest them from this spiritual realm into this earth realm because our faith is connecting and setting our things on things above, and now we can bring it into this earth realm. Amen? Fear cuts off the supply from heaven to earth. Faith reconnects us 
It brings that pipeline. It says right here, the secret of the Lord is with those who what? Fear him. Do I have any people in here that have reverential fear for the Lord? See, reverential fear of the Lord will cause you to go home when your girlfriend wants, to stay to, wants you to stay tonight. That reverential fear will cause you to, when, when somebody is passing drugs at a party, that reverential fear, no, I hate what God hates. I love what God loves. I'm not going to do that. Reverential fear, you, when you have a reverential fear, you don't have to worry about getting a DUI because you're afraid that through this negligence you might hurt somebody. So I'm not even going to drink. The reverential fear is boundaries. It protects you. Because oftentimes our generation gets too close to the edge and then we want to get protection. But God is saying, no, before you get close to the edge, holiness will bring boundaries in your life so you won't even have to get close to the edge. Amen. Go with me to Psalms 34 and 9. I'm almost done. You guys with me? Amen. Don't feel like I needed that, but amen. <laughs> it says, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. There's no spiritual want. There's no emotional want. There's no physical one. There's no financial want. There's no emotional one. There's no social want. There's no want to those who walk in this reverential fear which perfects holiness so you can see God move on your behalf. If we're going to go into greater dimensions, greater power, if we're going to bring heaven's resources to, the, to this earth realm, we're going to have to perfect holiness. And that's just one mind with God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.20, it talks about God has this great house, a house with uh, not so good vessels and a house with greater vessels. And those who set themselves apart from bad things, God says, I'll use you for honorable things. And the thing about holiness, check this out. It's not a separation from, it's more of a separation to. It's not separation from evil as much as it is separation to a loving God. Holiness is not about what I should be avoiding. It's more about who I should be pursuing. It's about what I should pursue, amen? Because if you're always focusing on what you avoid or should avoid, you're keeping a sin conscience mindset. But if you focus on what you're pursuing, you keep this righteous mindset, Amen? And the Bible talks about the righteousness, the prayer of the righteous avail of much. So I'm encouraging everyone in here today to begin to perfect this reverential fear in your life. In this time and age where there's no fear of God, where there's no reverential fear, people are living lawless, immoral. That doesn't mean you have to allow that to come into your life. You perfect holiness. And holiness, again, is not how you dress. Although if you're holy, you shouldn't be wearing no uh, Daisy Dukes in church. Amen. <laughs> we had a, our young adult ministry had an all-white party. And some of my leaders, I couldn't even see shorts. I saw all legs. And I was like, you know, are you aware that you have brothers in Christ that uh, get tempted by that type of stuff? See, holiness gives you the conviction that it's not just about me. Let me protect my brother or sister in Christ. Amen. I'm not saying that you have to dress like a nun, but we shouldn't be dressing like, you know, the opposite of a nun. <laughs> we should... We, we should be a little bit more discerning, amen? We should be a little bit more temperate and, 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 and use wisdom in how we dress. Um, so I just want to, I want you guys to say a prayer with me. 
Um, excuse me. And I, I, I want to pray with you guys, but then I want to lead you in a confession. Because my prayer is that God will begin to expose those areas in your life that's driven by fear. Because if you don't expose those areas of fear, you're keeping, if you can put that graph back on, you're keeping the law of sin and death, which brings, it brings fear, sin and disease, poverty, worry, anxiety. It activates the demonical. Job said, the thing that I fear the most came upon me. A lot of people think that Satan attacked uh, uh, Job just because he could. It was his fear that brought Job into that attack. Amen. Job's fear attracted the demonical. It brings torment. It opens the door to the enemy to be able to invade your life. Amen. And say this with me. Say everything. Say it like you mean it. Say everything. <laughs> nah, say everything. I'm just playing. Everything. Everything you want in life is on the other side of your fears. I'm going to say that again. Everything you want in life is on the other side of your fears. It's where faith is. The Bible says he diligently rewards those who seek him. But you got to seek him by faith. Faith is not sometimes things you see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Meaning you can't have faith based on how your external situation or circumstances look. You have to have faith because there's a conviction that there's a finished work, there's a life that God has predestined for you. Amen? So repeat this after me if you can. Say, Father. Matter of fact, let's stand up. I, I feel like y'all need a stretch break. Say it like you mean it with some conviction. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to open my eyes to any areas of fear in my life. I make the decision now and refuse to act on fear or practice it in any way. I believe that your love will flow through me and I will handle every situation I encounter with the wisdom of God. I confess that I am delivered from the law of sin and death from fear, from terror, from torment, from worry, and from oppression. I will abide in the love of God and be perfected in my relationship with Jesus. Father, I just thank you for the word that went forth. Father, I pray that this word fell on good grounds. I come against the enemy trying to steal the seed. I pray that this will not be seed sown on stony ground. But good ground, I pray that this seed will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Satan, I loose you from every assignment, from every fear, from every bondage that you're trying to bring on any epic lifer. We loose you from your assignment. I bind every person in here to the mind of Christ, to the will of God. I declare a strengthened hedge of protection over their life. I declare that they abide in that secret place where no hurt, harm, or danger can befall upon them. God, help us to be people of conviction, people who will reverence you and hate what you hate and love what you love. Let us see you, Father. Let us perfect in holiness. And we just thank you for your miracle work and power working in and through us, changing us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.